Good evening. Welcome to our service here at Forest Fold. Welcome if you're joining online. And if you're here with us, it's really good to see you out this evening. After our service, we have tea and coffee in the Sunday school, so in the hall, church hall. So um, do stay for that. Uh, you'll be very welcome. Well, two weeks back, we were blessed through John preaching from some of the songs of worship in Revelation. Uh, many of us found that really helpful. And we're back there again this evening. We are privileged to have so many hymns and songs that help us express in words uh, the worship of our hearts. And uh, there are two things really that are going on in in good singing in worship. Uh, One is vertical and one is horizontal. Our praise and our worship is directed to God because he is worthy of all of our praise and our worship. Um, But it's also horizontal. It is we sing to each other to encourage each other in words of truth uh, it, it builds up our faith and strengthens us as believers. That's why it's so good to be together, to sing together, to worship together. So let's stand and sing our, our first hymn. You servants of God, your master proclaim, and tell out abroad his wonderful name. Let's stand to sing. <laughs> before we read. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we want in our hearts to be drawn up into that worship of King Jesus. Lord, we want in our hearts to 
Give him the honour that he is worthy of. There is none like our God and we owe him every breath that we have. Lord, help us this evening. Help us to be drawn from what is temporal, what is seen, what is passing, what is frail, what is insufficient and inadequate. Drawn into the presence of God that we might fathom more of his greatness and his power and that the response of our heart will be wholehearted in worship and praise, that we'll realise that he alone is worthy of all glory and all honour. Lord, improve our vision of things that are eternal because they are the things that are going to last. Help us to set our mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Lord, help us this evening. Recharge us, encourage us, build us up so that as we live our lives out in the world during the week, we will in some way reflect something of the love and of the glory of God ourselves. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we've got two readings this evening, one now and one a bit later. Both of them are in Revelation, and our first reading is chapter 5. That's on page 1030 in the Church Bibles, Revelation chapter 5. This is John telling us of the vision he is experiencing of what is going on in heaven. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, 
Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honour and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Well, we're going to sing another song now. There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Let's stand and sing together. pray again now and then afterwards Ray will come and give our second reading for us. Let's pray. Indeed, Lord God, we thank you for sending your Son. Thank you for sending your Son into this world and leaving his Spirit until the work on earth was completed. Lord, we know that something in a very small way of, that that must have been a huge cost to leave the glory of heaven and come to this broken world your broken world that you had created perfectly, broken by sin and the rebellion of mankind. 
Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you willingly came and did your Father's will and you endured to the end so that you could triumphantly say, it is finished. Everything he came to do had been completely completed. Lord, we thank you that through Jesus' death on the cross, sinners like us who were lost, who were dead, have now been made alive in Christ, have now been found and adopted into the family of God. Lord, we praise you for amazing grace. That's the only thing that makes us any different from the ungodly in the world around us. Oh Lord, we praise you for your amazing love toward us and our prayer and our concern is that as the gospel is preached here and throughout this area, this country, this world, that many will hear the words of eternal life, that they too will have faith in the Son of God. We thank you that on that great and final day there will be people of all colour, of all language, of all race, from all parts of the world who will come to worship God, who will be in that family of God. Lord, we've got so many people to get to know. And Lord, we look forward to that great day Oh Lord, we we are amazed at your amazing grace. We pray that not one moment of our lives will lose the wonder of your amazing love for us. In the times when we can feel self-righteous, proud of our service, our motives going astray, Lord, remind us once again that if it wasn't for the grace of God, we would go the way of all the ungodly. So praise to God for his love toward us. Oh Lord, we thank you for each one of us gathered here this evening. We thank you for those two who can't be here. We pray your blessing on those who are elderly and infirmed. We pray for those who are ill. We ask that you'll comfort them in their residential homes or in their own homes. We ask that your presence will be very close to them. That in these days of their lives, as the outward uh, man is perishing, we pray that their inner heart and being will be daily renewed. There will be a great blessing in the run-up to glory. Lord, we pray for those who are bereaved and lonely. We pray for your blessing for them. Lord, we thank you that you are the friend who sticks closer than a brother. You are the husband to the widow. And it's easy to say that but when we go through those experiences, how much we need that. And we thank you that your presence is real and life-changing. It is not something that we just dream of and hope for, but it is something which can shape us, comfort us, and strengthen us. And we thank you that your grace is sufficient for every trial, every suffering, however long it endures. Lord, we pray for those who are tired. We especially think of our camp leaders who you helped during this last week through all these different challenges and encouragements. Lord, we ask that you give them rest and energy, especially those who have to get back to work. Lord, we ask that you'll bless them. We pray that as, we've, as they have sown the seed and as we've encouraged them in prayer and in many different ways, people have supported this work. We ask that as the seed's been sown, that some of it at least will fall into good ground and that we'll see a harvest of life. Lord, our prayer is for this coming week as we 
pray for the lighthouse work down at Alderbrook. We pray for John and James as they speak to the children and the watching parents. We pray that something of your truth, something of your word will be rooted deep in their own hearts. That it will trigger questions and thoughtfulness, a hunger to know something about the truth. We pray for those who are there uh, spectating. We ask that there will be great opportunities for Christians to get alongside people to speak to them. Lord, equip us for that kind of work, we pray, that we're going to share the gospel with others. Lord, we just pray today, too, for the Swansons. We ask that in this coming week there might be a bit of breather for them and rest and a time of refreshment uh, together as a family. We ask your blessing on them. We pray for the work carrying on in Cyprus. Thank you for many encouragements. And we pray for help and grace for the leadership in the many challenges and experiences and wisdom needed to be given. We pray for the Saywells meeting uh, probably in their garden or in the garage if it's raining with their tropical storms this evening, whatever time that might be. We ask that you'll bless their time of worship. We thank you for that church and we pray that it will grow, that it will uh, be strengthened, that many people will be converted through that work of the gospel there, Lord, we pray. Lord, we ask, uh, we pray this evening for our unsaved relatives, perhaps husband or wife or children or brothers or sisters, our unsaved work colleagues or friends who we uh, spend our lives with. Lord, we ask that as we try to witness to them, share the gospel with them, to live out godly lives that will Uh, Speak something of you to them. We ask for your help in that. Help us to be patient like the farmer who plants the seed but then has to wait some time. Lord, I pray that we'll have confidence in the gospel. To remember that it is the power of God to save people. The most unlikely people. After all, your grace has saved us. And so nobody is beyond your reach. Help us to be faithful in prayer. And we pray that, Lord, perhaps the seeds that we have sown, uh, perhaps our children have grown up now and have, have long fled the nest. We pray that some of the seeds that were sown perhaps years ago, Lord, that there might be some life uh, through the work of your Spirit in their lives. We pray that the experiences of their lives will, will draw them back to you, to seek you with all their heart. Oh Lord, we, we pray for this and we ask that more often it will be the urgency of our heart to pray for them. So Lord, we thank you that our lives are just tumbling over with your goodness, full of your blessings. Lord, we see so much suffering around the world and we seem to be spared from so much. Uh, We don't know the reason of how things work out like that, but we just know that you are good to us. You're good to us in our good days. You're good to us through our difficult days. You are good all of the time. Help us always to trust in a loving God who provides for us. Lord, strengthen our faith in you, in the light and the knowledge of that we pray. Lord, bless John as he preaches from your word this evening. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us and do us good through the truth of your word we pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
Our second reading this evening is from Revelation chapter 7, uh, starting at verse 9 and reading through to verse 17, and that's on page 1032 of the Chapel Bibles. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing round the throne and round the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Amen. Before John preaches for us, we're going to sing one more time, and we are going to sing There is a Higher Throne, and uh, it's really helping us to try and think about something of what heaven is like. And by God's wonderful grace, many of us here are going to be there. And, uh, and I guess the question is, are, are you going to be there? Is this just something that you'll sing of in Forest Fold, but never experience and know eternal life? Or have you got faith in Jesus Christ by his grace, uh, so that you too can say from your heart, based on the truth of God's word, you cannot lie, I'm going to be there on that day with many of you. And... Uh, What a great day that will be. Let's let's stand and sing.
Well, in some of our evening slots this month, uh, we've been lifted up to have a, a glimpse of heaven. And we've been taken there by John in the book of Revelation. And uh, we are especially focusing on some of the songs of worship which feature in those scenes of glory. And I'm hoping that as we do so, that our own hearts will be uh, stirred in a similar way. It might be an echo in our own hearts of how they feel. John himself is on a Greek island, but it is no holiday. He's on a a penal colony, held captive (coughs) in exile. He's also very aware of the the battering received by some of the churches he knows. And he's aware of the weakness of the churches and some of the trouble and struggles that they have. And here he sees a vision which transforms his and should transform their outlook on their scene. And we may come this evening with our own circumstances perhaps being quite confined and limited. Some are listening in because they can't get out and they're generally having to stay put in the building in which they're in. And that's hard. Some come battered by life's difficulties and its pressures and its hardships. Some people come with a heart which sags and which is burdened, perhaps maybe at the state of the weakness of the churches. And hopefully as we look at this chapter this evening, it will act like a a periscope, you know, the, the, the cameras that go up out of submarines, out of the sea to look at what happens at a higher level. Hopefully we'll be lifted above some of our difficulties, confinements, batterings to have a bigger glimpse and a bigger sight of things above as we see the worship of heaven. Last time we were in chapter 4 and we were looking at singing to our creator. This time we go further. I'm calling it worshipping our redeemer, worshipping our rescuer. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to speaking from this chapter. It's uh, warmed my heart earlier this afternoon as I was going through it again and I, I hope it proves helpful to you. And as we look through this chapter, as we're taken by John into this scene, we see with John four things particularly that I want to draw to your attention. We see the scroll in the first four verses. So you see verse 1, if you've got Revelation 5 open. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And this scroll is sealed. That is, it has something on it, or several things on it, seven things on it, which stop you opening it and stop you seeing what's 
inside, I suppose we can imagine them like little ties or, 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 or sticky labels that keep the scroll sealed or, or perhaps more helpfully, you know, some people have these personal diaries with a little locking padlock key so that nobody can look into them and it stays and remains closed. Well, that's the scene with the scroll that we are seeing in heaven. And this is a big concern. One of the angels, a strong one. The angels aren't all weaklings, you know. It's a mighty angel whose voice carries. And he has an important question in verse 2. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? What's the scroll? It's clear from what follows that this scroll represents human history and its purpose. God's plan of salvation and justice is contained within this scroll. And the big problem is this, verse 3, and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth, was able to open the scroll or to look into it. No one can open up and explain and bring sense to uh, what is happening through history. Not the smartest teacher in your school, not the university professors, not the celebrities in their Hollywood mansions, not the G7 heads of state as they meet together, not the wisest religious person that you know in and of themselves is able to open the scroll. And it's no small matter to John. In fact, have you noticed he's deeply upset? Tears are going down his cheeks as a result of this fact that it cannot be opened. Verse Four, and I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. it was a, it's, a, it's a desperately sad thing, you know. If there is no point to life, the universe, to history, if there's no cohesion and reason, totally bewildering, leaving life and everything totally hollow. And many do think like that. Bertrand Russell was an atheist writer of the last century and he, he said this or wrote this, we stand on the shore of an ocean crying to the night and to emptiness. Sometimes a voice of one drowning and in a moment a silence returns. The world seems to me quite dreadful. The unhappiness of many people is very great and I wonder how they all endure it. A desperate sadness with no purpose. With everything just being night an emptiness. So John is desperate for this scroll to be opened, for there to be purpose and reason and progress and development. 
He wants to get into the scroll. Uh, One of our daughters was due to attend a wedding last month and uh, they stayed uh, in a travel lodge room and as they got back to their room uh, the night before the wedding, they couldn't get into the room. Um, Their card key uh, wouldn't work. So they went to the travel lodge staff who tried the master key but that wouldn't work either. The the system was broken and down, certainly in terms of this particular room. That was an extra problem. Their stuff was in the room. And they were bridesmaids. And their dresses were in the room, which heightened, as you can imagine, the anxiety and the prayer The guy from the travel lodge uh, tried barging the door. He he got a crowbar out to try and open the door. He broke the handle off the door, but all to no avail. So they were given another room for the evening. But in the morning, the situation was uh, no better. They needed to get out of the room and leave with their stuff for the wedding by 830 but the staff couldn't shift it by 8.15. And so you can imagine the concern, it must be opened. We've got to get in, there's important stuff, it's going to affect things and the future, there must be a way in. You find the same about the world. Is there a point to the world? Can we open it? Can we access it? What's going on? The injustices, purpose, a sense of belonging. Is there an answer? The scroll which can't be opened in these first four verses. Well, is there an answer? We move on to the Lamb in the next four or five verses. Well, I'm glad there was relief in the hotel. With five minutes to spare, they broke through the door, the stuff was grabbed and the wedding wasn't short of its bridesmaids. And we were very glad to hear that message on WhatsApp around that time and to know that they'd got their stuff. But much more important than that, without uh, dissing a wedding, which is a big event in itself, but much more important than that, there is a breakthrough in heaven. And there is news of something happening. And John gets a a personal message, if you like, in verse 5. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. The reason for the tears the confusion and suspense stops. And the imagery here is, is full of interest. Perhaps you get a bit lost sometimes in Revelation. I'll help you to, to understand, if you, if you don't already, some of the imagery, of course we don't understand everything, but some of the imagery which is going on here and what it points to. At first it's, it seems as though it's a lion. The lion of the tribe 
of Judah. The root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. That draws on the end of the book of Genesis, chapter 49, where the tribe of Judah is seen like a lion and a king is expected to come from that tribe. But the lion has uh, another description which comes out more as the chapter progresses and almost seems the total opposite. The clue is in my picture, uh, which I have on the PowerPoint. It is a lamb. Throughout Revelation, Jesus is referred to as a lamb. He sees in verse 6, a lamb standing. It's a lamb that has been slaughtered, a lamb standing as though it had been slain. And although it's been slaughtered, it's standing. Well, that's a bit of a puzzle, isn't it? Slaughtered lamb, which is also like a lion, but it's standing even though it's been killed. It's powerful, seven horns. Knowledgeable, seven eyes. Yet a lamb in this imagery. And the lamb steps forward and takes the scroll from the one on the throne. Then the 24 elders, we met them last time, they're representative of God's people in Old Testament and New Testament. They bow before the Lamb. It tells us who is able to solve the puzzle of the purpose of human history. Who is able to make sure that judgment is done and God's people are saved? It's someone who has been sacrificed. It's someone who has conquered and triumphed. It is Jesus pointed to in this wonderful scene here in heaven. Maybe you remember a couple of months ago, I think it was now I mentioned Spiros, who was a a lovely man we met on the island of Kefalonia in Greece and he was telling us about the time when he was ministering on Australia when he was late for church uh, and he was going up into church a, a lady saw him and said do you know if there's a church nearby and uh, the case was that the lady had uh, intended that day to take her own life because of her difficulties but she sort of told herself that she ought to go to church first and uh, she saw this man and she said, is there a church? And he was late for church in God's providence so uh, she followed him in and that morning made such a massive difference to her life and her future. And do you know what was being preached on that morning? It was Revelation 5 and the way in which the Lamb was able to undo the scrolls and give purpose. Are you all over the place about life and the future? Is there a bit of Bertram Russell about your outlook? The scroll has been opened. The triumphing sacrifice lamb has broken the seals. The answer is Jesus. 
John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You well know, don't you? You can finish for me. You could finish for me. What Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. It's wonderful. The Lamb. The centre of human history. The key to understanding it. The key personally to having a future. Well, the action of the Lamb, able to take the scroll, leads to a reaction. And we move on to that as we think of the song that follows next in verses 9 and 10. The elders and the four living creatures have bowed, then their worship takes them into a a new song. Verse 9, and they sang a new song. Why is it new? Because they've got fresh information. They've got fresh insight. They've got fresh understanding. Before they sang of creation. Worthy are you because you have created. Now they step up further and they sing of redemption and rescue. You know, it's good to know God as creator and perhaps you can worship him with that. It's even more thrilling to know God as redeemer. Can you go that step further as they do? Are you able to sing a new song? The song zooms in on what Jesus has done to save. The key that has unlocked human history. And as it does so, it, it talks in a number of ways. This is the new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. What strikes us about that new song, about what it says, about the Lamb, talks of the depth that he's come to, the cost involved. It was a Lamb who was slain, a Lamb who had bled to death. Jesus needed to die on the cross. The cross and the resurrection are the key events of human history. And by the shedding of blood, the debt is settled. The price is paid. People are ransomed. When we think of ransom, we probably think of kidnapping. Well, there's there's some truth in the picture there, you know, where people um, capture people and they say, you need to give me a certain number of millions of pounds and if you drop that off in a bag or put it in my bank account, then the person will be released and the payment releases the the person. But, you know, it's got bad connotations, kidnapping, isn't it? 
I suppose a, a slightly similar thing, not quite completely right though, is, is bail, where somebody is arrested and uh, a fee is charged uh, for them to be released for temporary freedom. And if a, a certain amount of, uh, of certain thousands or whatever, millions maybe, of pounds is, is given as a guarantee, then the person goes free. Well, you've all, But that's only temporary, you see. You've almost got them combined here in the ransom that Jesus has done. It's right. It's legitimate. He's paid the price. The price is his blood. But it's not a temporary fix. It's a thorough release. Uh, we read in the chapter 7, and I think we sung about it as well, the way in which their robes are washed in the blood of the Lamb. They're made righteous and perfect because of the cost, the depth that he stooped to. So it talks of his depth. It talks of the breadth of redemption. For you were slain, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Different colours, different ethnic backgrounds, different vocabularies. And Jesus has prayed the price for people from the whole lot from the whole range will people be saved. In terms of coming to Christ, there is no wrong nation to be in. Whatever nation a person is from, there is hope, there is a a breadth in the work of redemption which crosses so many boundaries. The depth he descended to, the breadth that it covers, the height with which people are then raised Verse 10, and you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Do you understand that fully? We will reign with Jesus. We shall be part of the community that rules the earth. We, we shall share in his reign. The Christians then, and maybe in our current experience, downtrodden, marginalised, irrelevant, persecuted, the scum of society, martyred. But the future is to be part of the reign of Christ, the heights that they are lifted to. Look up the periscope, he's saying. See what's ahead. So there is this new song focusing on what the Lamb has done, the depths of his sufferings, the breadth of what he's covered, the height he will raise people to. Do you want to praise Jesus for redemption, rescue, ransom? Do you want to praise him for all three aspects? The depth he stooped to, the wideness of his coverage, the height that he rescues people to. It's your heart uh, pulsating, if you like, in rhythm with the, with the new song of heaven. But we haven't got to the end of the worship in the chapter yet. And it's a pretty high point, that new song, isn't it? But it gets higher. We've got momentum. Things are going to get better as the chapter goes on. 
and what a sight John sees and what a sound John hears as we move on to the last thing, the choir. The choir, verses 11 to 14. He looks. Yes, there's been angels. Yes, there's been elders. But now look at how many. Then I looked, verse 11, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. I say choir. uh, I don't want you to think of a little set of older people in their choir robes leading the singing. Here is a crowd. Not sure quite what another word is for a really big group of singers. But here is a crowd. It's bigger than our congregation. Now we've generated a little bit of volume this evening. That's good. But it's miles bigger than us. Maybe you've been. Have you been at a place where there was a a big group of people singing, maybe singing praise? Perhaps you've been to maybe the Albert Hall when you've heard Messiah sung. Maybe you've gone there uh, as part of your school and you've been amongst the singers and the volume is tremendous. Well, this is bigger, much bigger than the Albert Hall filled with singing voices. It's millions. It's thousands of thousands. What a sight. What a sound. And what are they doing? They're worshipping. Are they doing it half-heartedly? No, loudly, verse 12, saying with a a loud voice, there's gusto, there's purpose, they're feeling deliberate. What are they singing? They're singing of the worth of the Lamb, verse 12. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Of course, the person who unlocked the seals and gave purpose to human history and future to their own eternities. What do they want him to receive? Sort of everything good that they can think of that ought to be accredited to somebody so important. And seven things come to their mind in their exhilaration. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. I suppose if if, um, somebody was coming to your house, somebody was returning home and you, you really wanted to see them, you really wanted to make them feel welcome. You haven't seen them for a while, you love them. Maybe they've actually been on some particularly noble pursuit. Perhaps they're returning back from being in the forces and they've been fighting in a, a just war situation and you're so relieved and pleased and, uh, and you just do what, what you can to make them feel uh, welcome and uh, encouraged and and honoured and, and so you, you got some good food out and uh, you got some nice drink you, you, get, you know you don't get little zone label if there is such a thing you, you go for something nice and, and, um, and you clean the place up and, 
and, and you have some, some, some of their friends and family around. This is going to be a bit of a gathering. And, and if the best cutlery comes out, if you've got best cutlery. And, and there's a bit of music in, in the background. And, and, and there's some flags. And there's a, a welcome home banner. Because you really want to communicate all that you can. So there is food and there is drink and there is bank, uh, banners and there is music and there is uh, flags and there is friendship and there is everything that you can to give the person the welcome, the admiration, the honour which you want to convey. And here, with much bigger things than flags and music and drink, that's the spirit, as I think of what the Lamb has done. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. We have the phrase, don't we, sometimes, I can't thank you enough. And sometimes we mean it. Sometimes people mean that. And that's the spirit. I can't thank you enough for what you've done and the difference it makes to me and humanity. All creation is in fact singing. Verse 13, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them. And in their singing, notice, notice this, that the Lamb, Jesus, is given the same adoration as the one who is on the throne. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Jesus, the Son of God. And so all creation joins together, verse 13, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honour and glory. How long do they want him to be praised? How worthy is he? So just, you know, sometimes when people clap, you know, it's a bit of a test of you know, how much he's appreciated. They say, well, such and such a speech got half a minute's clap or it went on for, for three minutes or something like that. Well, what do they feel that, that Christ is worthy of? Be blessing and honour and glory and might forever and ever. May this spirit of praise and worship which is due to him never end. Do you agree? Well, they did. The four living creatures said, Amen. I agree. I'm signing up. Count me in. This is how I feel. Last time we had the elders bowing down and worshipping. And that's where we end up here. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Well, is that where we, we want to end up in our own hearts? That spirit of, sort of overflowing adoration and worship to the Saviour who has given his life for us. We struggle now, don't we, in our worship and we perhaps get frustrated at our struggles 
but one day with great clarity and with tremendous forcefulness we shall sing with a clear vision of what Christ has done for us. We will join with the saints above in praising the Lamb. And in the meantime, a foretaste, a look up the periscope is a tonic to our heart. It is fanning the flames when our flames sometimes do seem to go down. In the difficulties, in the battering, in the weakness of the church, in our own confinement. But we look up the periscope and we see the sense of worship in heaven and hopefully even now we're stirred to worship. Well, it's a great chapter, isn't it? And I hope as we've just gone through, notice it unfolding with the scroll, the lamb, the song and the choir that are rather stalling hearts have, uh, have, have had a turbo boost and been stirred up along the lines of praising the Redeemer. And we're going to finish the uh, service in, in two ways um, this evening. Um, firstly, we're going to have a, a congregational uh, song. That seems very in keeping with this. We're going to join our, our songs, cheerful songs with those above. We're going to be singing a song along those lines. And then I'm going to uh, say a, a closing prayer And then after that, there's another song which I've come across in the last two or three years, many of you will know it, which is largely based on um, this uh, passage, uh, which is a beautiful song. And it's some truths and responses being sung. And so I'd like us to watch that. We can't watch that over live stream. So after my closing prayer, the live stream will be shut down. But there will be a link displayed so that you yourselves can watch it on live stream as well. And the rest of us here will will, will watch that and just uh, meditate on the truths and be encouraged by them at the end of our service. That's a bit more singular and individual. In many ways, this first bit is even more in keeping with where we ended up as we join together in congregational worship. So our song to sing together is Come, let us join our cheerful songs with angels round the throne.
Lord, we're sorry we don't feel as we should, but we are encouraged by what we've read. And we do say, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. Amen. Well, do sit down.